Um, Remember the before four times before the boom booms <laughs> fell. <laughs> the before times. Ah. Uh. Right. I remember the before times. God. I had a thing called a car. I had a car and it took me to places that I wanted to go. And there were other people at those places. And sometimes okay. you do something as a group. But you, you... Or you, sometimes you could sit. Like I miss sitting and eating a meal and having someone else there eating at the same time as you. Mm-hmm. I don't care in what context, just someone in the same room at the same time <laughs> eating a meal, whether it's you've paid for that meal or you've cooked it. Anyway, we, go, we haven't got time for this. <laughs> hello and welcome to the Youngcast. My name is Dom. As one and a half of the Youngcast, I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Yes. 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 This week, in the first yes! of our quarantine specials. We're back! We're back! Quarantine special number one! Quarantine special number one. This week, in the first of our quarantine specials, we've caught up on The Invisible Man, directed by Lee Winnell and starring Elizabeth Moss, which is now available for home release. Yes. Right, so, yeah. welcome to the aftertimes. <laughs> we've managed yeah. to get this to work, we think. Fingers crossed. We, we think this um, we is are, working. Yeah, we are social distancing. We're now recording this remotely. I'm at Isla Nubar, site B, and Tom is at the main site looking after the um, the oil rig. And we've managed to um, piece together something. And we've decided we're going to talk about something that we missed back when there were cinemas and they used to release things in the cinemas. Um, this <laughs> something the, the, the frightening symmetry that we've gotten to at this point. Yeah. Of the, yeah. The, yeah. We, we spent the, so the, much time laughing and joking about this, but. But but now we actually have to. Yeah, exactly. We we talked about like I mean the the oil rig scenario is something that we came up with way back right at the beginning of the whole podcast, <laughs> and now it's like it's kind of real now. It's kind of, it yeah we real. are kind of all trapped on our own individual oil rigs, dotted around the country. Um, but what it has meant um, this whole situation that of course you all know about is that a lot of studios have started releasing their movies early um online through you know stuff like google play and itunes and all the places online where you can buy movies digitally um and it's meant that we've been able to catch up on stuff that wouldn't usually be available for home purchased sort of legitimately um earlier than we would so we managed to get to see the invisible man which is something we missed at the cinemas and we sort of regretted it at the time we thought it would have been good to cover it to be um, fair, it was still out of the cinemas, like when it was all kicking off, and we were like, well, "Well, we could yeah, have done it, that. We could have done a, we could have done know, a like, re- we, grand rewatch." But then we yeah. biffed it and went to see other things, which I don't yeah, remember because exactly. that was we, we in the four times. Well, that's the thing. We biffed the only thing that I think we biffed it with is we. It was the week last time we put one out, which was um, the Kelly Gang. Mm. I feel like that's where we should have chosen instead to go and see the Invisible Man, and like you say, do a bit of a grand rewatch. As it happens, I'm trapped in my house as a lot, and I'm also on furlough, so I've ended up doing a grand rewatch. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. Just, I'm I know, busier you, than you I've ever been. Still have a, you, you're still gainfully employed, so bully for um, you, I guess. Yeah. Um, the the, the um, world of I, my thing that I do never stops. Yeah. <laughs> ever. Um, it never stops. I, ever. Ever, doing, ever. Ever. Ever stops. Ever. Never ne- stops. Never, never stops. But Tom, without you, how would we know that we need to stay at home, protect the NHS, and save lives? Well, that's 
what I'm here for. How would I, how would I know that without you? Wouldn't. You? you wouldn't exactly. I wouldn't. Everyone would be dead. <laughs> so you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yeah. So what it means is yeah. So we both managed to see the new one, the 2020 new Invisible Man movie, um, and then I've gone one step further. I went back. I watched the 1933 original. See, I'm envious that you did that. I just didn't have time. No. Well, it, to be fair, the thing with the 33 one, right, is it literally the film is an hour and 10 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's barely even a movie. It's like a TV special. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, it, yeah, it, that's something. We might get, if we get an opportunity, we might get back to that. Um, but then the other one I also watched was the uh, 2000 um, film with Kevin Bacon called Hollow Man. <laughs> <laughs> which is basically it's the invisible man they called it the hollow man for some right reasons um but it's the it's another remake of the invisible man directed by um paul verhoeven which is very interesting um yeah but we might get on to them we might not the main thing is the invisible man elizabeth moss it's been really sort of well received um generally speaking what did you think about it i really liked it like yeah um yeah so pulling back the curtain slightly, I saw this about four weeks ago. Yeah. So my memory of it's going to be a little spotty. Yeah, fair enough. Also, drunk a lot of beer between then and now. <laughs> yeah. A lot of beer. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Like, I really enjoyed it. I really liked the, I liked, I liked the way that it was made. I, liked the, it was, I think it was a tiny bit too long. I don't know. Yeah, for me, it was, it was maybe like, ten it, minutes, fifteen minutes too long. Like, there are a few yeah. bits that dragged, and I was a bit like, okay, like. And then there are know, a maybe, couple of bits that, was... that were a bit woolly for me. Mm-hmm. But all in all, I, I really, really liked it. It's definitely, definitely worth the rental. Um, like everyone in it put in a pretty good performance. Like all the people that I only recognise as Elizabeth Moss in there, really. Um, everyone did a really good job. Um, everyone reacted really well in it as well. Like the, the acting was pretty bang on. Yeah, because I think the, the, from <clears> my <throat> time at the uh, Joey Tribbiani School of Acting, my understanding is that a lot of acting isn't actually acting; it's about reacting. Oh, and this does not okay. mean acting again. Oh, what this means is that you don't have a line, but someone else has a line, or something else is happening, and you have to react to that. I don't. I don't, I don't get that. Where's the logic? There's no logic in this. Okay, I'm, I apologize. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. It's getting too technical. <laughs> but basically, yeah, so a lot of it is, yeah, Elizabeth Moss staring at nothing and acting opposite nothing. And she's brilliant in this film, to be fair. She's, she's always been great. I've got, there's a little bit of a thing that I have with Elizabeth Moss because of the fact that she is a Scientologist. Right. And it always puts me off a little bit because she t- she seems to pick projects where it's all about these like psychological and like and physical um, restraints being put on people and and these and like psychological talks. So like this and the Handmaid's Tale and do you know what I mean? And she's like this champion for woke feminism and all the rest of it. But I'm like, but you also are part of Scientology. <laughs> it doesn't quite square up in my mind. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit weird, but uh, we'll, we'll leave that aside because I don't want to accuse anything or get too. I mean, the thing is, like, Scientology is very strange, but at the same yeah. time, like, there are so many people in Scientology that are just 
it's just their religion and they plod around and they do nice things and they are happy and they do whatever. But then there are some fucking madheads. And I think Elizabeth Moss is one of the good ones. And like somebody called her out about a con once and she was like, I don't think that's got anything to do with like anything. She was, I don't think it describes my character or I don't think it does anything. Yeah, um, no, no. It's, it's, it's sort of guilty by association, isn't it? But you shouldn't—that shouldn't be the case, really. Um, but yeah, she was brilliant. And basically, the the take they have on Invisible Man in in this particular version of it is that it's through the prism of a toxic uh, relationship, essentially a really nasty relationship yeah. that she has with her ex. And the film starts with her escaping in the middle of the night to get away from him, and it's this really, really tense scene that sets up the whole threat of it. And, and then going forward after that is like, she's scared to go outside. She's scared to even like, they have this sort of rehabilitation period where she, it's been two weeks. She won't even go down to the, collect the post because she's scared that she, he'll find her somehow and like, and punish her. And, and it's like, they really set up quite early on the threat of this guy. And all he is is a guy. All he is is a controlling boyfriend. He's not a monster, but the way, the way they make it out to be is that he's a monster before there's any mention of anything to do with an invisible man. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, when you think about like the degree of the social manipulation, the control that he had over her, and the mm. fear that she had, that she had to leave in that way, that would imply that he is, that he's not a creature, but he is a monster. Like, yeah. The way that he's in control of every, every one of her behaviours. He is, without a doubt, the monster of the movie. The yeah. fact that it's where it extends to after that starts pushing it in a new direction, which is really, really interesting. Yeah, and I think they... it, it gives it away in the title because it's the invisible man, but she's constantly afraid of what he's doing and where he is. Yeah, and they, and they make a point like it's a really great um, sort of ideas that they have. And I feel like there are, there are opportunities they could have pushed further in terms of like making it as relevant as they can be today to the use of technology and that kind of thing. So I won't spoil all the ins and outs of the movie, but there are like, there's one particular scene where she sat at her laptop and she's worried that he's going to be hacking into the webcam on her laptop. So she gets Tipex and Tipex is out. I'm like, that's a really legitimate concern. And you talk to any cybersecurity expert, they say exactly that always cover your, um, your webcam because people can hack into it. Yeah, they could have done more with that. I think I feel they could have explored that further. Um, yeah, in terms of the, like the Invisible Man or people, you know, the social manipulation, the things that they're able to hack in and do through technology, doesn't necessarily require there to be any physical person in the room. They can still they can fuck your life up without you ever going anywhere near you just through hacking through into your computer devices. Also, that's completely but different between that and just being wealthy well yeah. which he is also like he has all of these assets to his disposal yeah and um he's he's quite easily capable of lording that over and pushing her to the point where she is going to be completely afraid because she won't think anyone will believe her yeah exactly and, and that's something else that i i went into the film expecting there to be more ambiguity about the you know, whether because obviously the way it's sort of set up and the way they sold it in the trailers is the idea is that she thinks there's an invisible man and she's trying to get everyone else to believe her and no one, no one believes her. And there's a bit of that in the movie, but we as the audience are always very sure of what's going on. Yeah. 
and we are you know completely on board with it i think it would have been good if there had been dip a little bit more of the whole unreliable narrator element to it um, where so like yeah. for example then i think it would have been good so like there's an email at one point he sends an email to someone she knows without her knowledge and it's like a really scathing horrible email which like destroys her relationship it would yeah. have been good to then retroactively find out that no, no no she just got drunk and sent that email that had nothing to do with him yeah do you know, that kind of thing I mean, that, then that, it would start, you would start questioning it a little bit more do you know what I mean yeah at least show something that gave it I mean not, not even if it was that because that would have undermined part of it that's one of the issues that I've got with this film is that that was very sudden and that's yeah. her sister, and that's one email. Yeah, and, she, uh, and the sister like, should know oh, you're straight dead. away you're, that you're dead yeah. to me. Yeah, so, and that, that the sister should know straight away that something's not right there, and then that, and they can. I yeah. think your email might have been hacked. All right, okay, that's what most people would do. But again, yeah, that's quite. It's a little bit convenient, isn't it? Um, and it sort of it says to me that like I I think this almost because they had to cram it all in, and, and although like you say at times you can sort of drag or there are long sequences. It was quite packed in the amount of like stuff they got through, like the pace of from going yeah. from scene to scene. I feel like it would have been interesting if they'd done this as like a miniseries. Yeah, absolutely. If it done like an like an HBO miniseries, and it kind of like so. Did you ever watch um, Homeland? The some I watched like seasons really, one and two. Yes, yeah, so the original season one of Homeland was a great like water cooler TV thing because it was like every episode there'd be evidence for and against whether the main character mm -hmm. was a terrorist or not. So it would be, they, they could do the same thing with this, with the invisible man being like every episode, like, did you see invisible man this week? I think she's just crazy. I think there is an invisible man and there'll be like four people arguing about it. And then the final reveal comes in episode eight, right at the very end. You find yeah. out whether she's crazy or not. I mean, that would have suited this story really well, and you could have explored things um, a bit more deeply. I and mean, that's not to say they won't, because there's still opportunity for more of this, and it obviously did really well on a very small budget. Yeah, it did, and it's it, it's done massively well. The film was yeah. made for less than ten million dollars, and has made nearly one hundred and thirty. Yeah, because they, I think they just thought about it, didn't they? They just they, they thought it through. They thought what the what the best like and they they use like old school techniques like they use bits of string to like move that like sort of paranormal activity yeah. style move things in the room when well, no one else is there one of the things isn't but it because it's um lee winnell who yes. did insidious he did saw he did um oh god he did loads of stuff um, he, did, he, did up, he did upgrade well exactly like that was that's the thing that struck me the most like there was there's a particular action sequence or well not a fight sequence in mm. a corridor that reminded me really a lot of Upgrade. The way he does this whole sort of, he puts the camera on like a gimbal or something and it do you know moves how, with... Do you know what that is? That is... No, what is it? Um, so inside the suits of the um, performers, mm. there is an iPhone. Right. And what they do is they link the iPhone with the camera. So the camera is following that. Okay. The way that the iPhone moves and the way that the, the gyro within that moves is the way that the camera's going to move. So it's like this one-to-one -one tracking, which he developed for Upgrade. Yeah. That's so really the, cool. the effects that you see in Upgrade, one of the things that we said about it was how amazing the camera work was and how powerful the effects were. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where you're like, this is brilliant, this is brilliant, this is brilliant, this is all working. Yeah. 
again, like that, yeah, that's, that's that a great was example one of the him. most frightening moments in that film was yeah, just the visceral, gut wrenching violence that was happening to these guys. Yeah, uh, and it's one as well. Wanton murder. Yeah, it is a one. But it's a one. Wanna... It goes all the way out to her, following her out of the building. Yeah. So it go. It, I, I went back and rewatched that bit, and it was like, yeah, it's a good like. Five or t- I mean, there's nothing compared to something like um, 1917. You can still see the cracks, but it's always very impressive when when that comes and when they do that. Yeah, but I, like we were saying, like the difference between like 1917 and most films is just gargantuan. Anyway, yeah. because that's that's that film's something else. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's this really really interesting. Sort of the, again, there are a few things in there that I think could have been a little better. Yeah, that could have been a bit more effective. That could have been a little bit more powerful. Like the jump from him going from being sinister, awful, awful man boyfriend to just stone cold, straight up savage murderer. Like yeah, well, super thing, there's still there's still some ambiguity about. Well, I don't know because like. One of the one of the only times you see him on screen, I guess, is the time when as he's escaping, and the first thing he does is he punches straight through the um the the window of the car. Yeah, so he gets violent immediately, and then there's, yeah. she tells stories about him getting violent with her. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Yeah. But then, and again, she talks about him being a sociopath. So that kind of, it, I mean, you can infer it. I know what you mean. It's a bit over the top, but yeah, but it's, <laughs> yeah, this, this is what you want, though, isn't it? You want some. And like, and like I said, Wait, the, exactly. you know what you're getting in when you buy it, when you're going to see this film, yeah. you know, it is a Blumhouse production. It isn't, yeah. you know, we're not looking at high art here. We are looking at a Blumhouse, really great low budget film. We're looking yeah. at I mean, a super, say, like a modern B movie. Yeah. You know, we're not um, looking at this analysis of the breakdown of man. No, but the, I mean, yeah. It, it's, oh, this is the suit that drives him crazy, or this is the medication that drives him crazy, or this is the pill that does the thing, or yeah. you know, he doesn't go Do mad with power before, that, yeah. like in Hollow Man. Well, that's that's interesting what you said. So basically, in every version of, so I've watched these three different versions of this story, and they're mm-hmm. quite interesting to see as like snapshots of the time in which they're made. But it all comes down to like the guy, like the man having using his abusing his power or doing something yeah. that's driven by his relationship with women and it's like they they change what happens as well so like in in most instances the guy is insane to begin with and then becomes invisible like in the original so it was originally based on an hg wells novel he's the mm-hmm. same guy who wrote war of the worlds and the time machine and in that the guy was just an arsehole he was he was evil and that was the end of it they yeah. changed it in the film, in the 33 version, so that the medication he took to make him invisible turned him insane. Yeah. That way it makes him more sympathetic. Yeah. And then in Hollow Man, Kevin Bacon's a complete arsehole and then becomes invisible. And then in this one, the guy's a complete arsehole and then becomes invisible. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting that they go. But like in all of them, yeah, it all comes down to how they relate to women. So like the guy in the original movie, again, as part of them making him more sympathetic, they gave him a fiance and then his sort of rationale behind everything that he did. And like he derails a train in that movie and kills like hundreds of people. Yeah. He terrorizes I, I, don't, the, I don't remember it. I don't know if no, I've he, actually seen it. He actually, he like terrorizes the English countryside. It's very weird. Uh, there's a great, there's a great clip that I sent you with the, 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 
the Bobby, the policeman, where they call well, the policeman. he's invisible, he, isn't he? He's invisible. Well, that's what's wrong with him. Which <laughs> 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 is one of the best lines ever. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he does all that. And then at the end of it, he goes, oh, I was just doing it for you, um, my love, because I was trying to um, get some notoriety and give you a better life if we're going to get married. Mm. And then he dies. And then there's the Kevin Bacon one where he's like a jealous ex and goes mad. There's also a horrible, horrible rape scene, which is one of the things that film's most infamous for. Yeah. And it all becomes about him perving out on women and touching women up and doing all this horrible, heinous, always sexually motivated stuff. Yeah. And then there's Hollow Man, uh, sorry, and then there's 2020 where he's a controlling boyfriend trying to control a woman and control her reproductive life if you like yeah and and so no matter what it always comes down to if a man turns invisible it will somehow use it to fuck it's some link between that and his relationship with women and i find that well, really interesting it's, it's always been like a study in the um because well that's that's always the thing isn't it that um what was it i can't remember it was something i watched or read or something where they raised an interesting point and they say um, of all these people, when they are presented with the opportunity of, would you choose flight or invisibility? They would say, Oh, it's uh, Shazam. Shazam. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, isn't that, yeah. isn't that in Shazam? Yeah. Yeah. When they talk about, Oh, flight or invisibility and they say flight because it seems to be the more honorable one. Yeah. Whereas when people, um, are asked anonymously they choose invisibility because it comes across as quite seedy and it comes across as like the escape of yeah. responsibility because people aren't seeing what you're doing so it relies yeah. on those inhibitions then go away because you're not worried about being witnessed yeah uh but yeah and it's it's really interesting study like and it's just being done in different ways you look at the way that it does it in um uh league of extraordinary gentlemen yeah yeah so in the book uh the alan moore book again like i hate to go through and glorify the whole thing because it is like as we well versed this trope that i hate is that it's using rape as motivation but that's mm -hmm. one of the things that he does because he's invisible he becomes a rapist because he can get away with it because no one knows it's him yeah and then so, it continues through there, but it's a really interesting thing that it's now being flipped on its head is that this guy pursued this before, but because he's, he's, his power comes from his money and being yeah. a manipulative fucking psychopath, sociopath, piece of shit, whatever you want to call him. And it just leads you into this sort of new, I don't know, like this in really interesting ground, which is why I like the film so much. Yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah. Again, it's um, it's it's a perfect sort of update of of an old concept. I'm glad they did yeah. it this way because this almost ended up being part of the um, <laughs> dark universe. Dark. So at one so point, so good yeah, it even had a title card. Yeah, had a title card. <laughs> so committed, they did so, a photo shoot with none of them in the same room at the same time. Yeah. So basically, for those of you that don't know, basically Universal, a couple of years back, tried to launch their own sort of cinematic universe with a bunch of interconnected movies using all these um, monsters that they own. They own all these old school like hammer horror monsters, so like Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, The Mummy and all that. And they started with The Mummy with Tom Cruise. And it had a title card on the front of it, it said Dark Universe. And it's like, ooh. 
And one of the things they announced was they were going to do an Invisible Man movie with Johnny Depp, and it was going to be part of this series. Because The Mummy was so fucking awful and made no money and was just an absolutely bad, they completely scrapped that idea and they kept The Invisible Man in development, but then they just completely retooled the whole thing and had it be a complete standalone. And then that, we ended up with this, with the Elizabeth Moss version. And thank God, basically. Because <laughs> I dread yeah. to think what it would have been like if they tried to make oh, it in the same God. vein as The Mummy. Can you yeah, imagine, no like, Johnny Depp and then, like, Russell Crowe turns up as Jekyll and Hyde to recruit him, Nick it, Fury style at the English end. and Cockney accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that film Fucking was so bad. Hell. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah, and it just gets worse over time. The more I think back to it, I'm like, "Oh, it was even worse." Yeah. My girlfriend and I watched um, the Mummy recently. Which and, one? Uh, what the Tom Cruise Brendan one? Fraser? Brendan, oh, Brendan Fraser, classic. The the actual modern classic. God damn it! I love that film. It's so good. <laughs> and then uh, we started watching Mummy Two, but then we didn't. Well, the Mummy Returns is yeah. It's, we'll definitely do the Mummy Returns. <laughs> Well, at some point, I, there's going to be an inevitable re de um the whatever sequel remake, sequel prequel remake or reboot. So we're oh, yeah, inevitably going to cover that. They'll they'll do it again eventually when they. Oh yeah, of course they will. Um, yeah, they won't, they won't let continuous failure stop them. When is that? Earth no, stopped? God no! It's universal. <laughs> of course they they know what they're doing. I still like how universal even well because of, I feel like the Invisible Man and like you said how it profitable it was and how little it cost to make versus how much it made that's going to keep them afloat for another couple of years. Well, they're only the distributor, aren't they? The production company's Blumhouse. So. Blumhouse. Well, that's the thing. The Blumhouse films are probably going to keep them in business, aren't they? If you think about it. Yeah. Because they keep they're, they're dirt cheap to make and they make a shitload of money back. Yeah. Again, I like, think, I think like, they're fucking out. brilliant. I really think yeah. they're like the Blumhouse model. It's so good because yeah. you think about like for every two or three duff ones they make that still make a shit ton of money because yeah. they are like modern saw films like yeah. escape room and stuff like that. They're not awful, awful films, but they still make money because they're so cheap. Mm. So yeah, long live Blumhouse as far as I'm aware, especially yeah. if they're keep, as far as I'm concerned, especially if they're going to keep putting out stuff like this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it might be interesting to um, for us to do Fantasy Island at some point because uh, that is also Blumhouse and came and out. And it's earlier. also a remake. It's also a remake. It's also based on an existing property, and they also put it out. It has not been received as well as The Invisible Man, to say the really? least. Really, um, but I think like yeah, that will probably be out fairly soon as well in terms of home release stuff. So maybe we should cover that one. Um, that might be interesting. Yeah, all right, I'm down. Yeah. Well, we've got um, like a list of other things that we're going to watch. Yeah, on, exactly. So. There's a few bits and pieces. There's a few things now that are out and you can get, you can either rent them off Google or rent them off iTunes or all these different places. So we're going to try and catch up on some things we missed. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep. I want to see. Um, I think Bloodshot is out. Maybe. <laughs> you, always, you keep saying that. We're going to watch Bloodshot because you've got out of Fast and Furious this year because they pushed Fuck. it back. They pushed Wait, it does back. Does that by still a year. mean that I can use my one veto this year? No, 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 mate. You can't use a veto in a year where everything's getting delayed and pushed back. There's barely going to be anything out. Fuck. All right, you can't. Well, no, I think the vetoes are off this year now because it's it's the, the end times. Everything's mad. 
we're gonna right. we might get okay. back to cinema maybe in november if we're lucky like we should have had an we, we should have been <sighs> talking about a new mcu movie by now finally but we haven't no all right you know we should have been, also, been we should bra- probably wrap this up we're about yeah. to hit our 40 minute zoom limit okay fair enough but yeah um, bottom line right. i think you should definitely watch invisible man yeah, definitely what give the Invisible Man a watch. It's really well done, really tense scenes, really good like action sequences. Yeah. The visual um, effects really well. they're really clever as well. Like, yeah, like the, the fight there's one particular fight sequence where it's just her fighting an invisible person. And yeah. it's so well done and so well done. Like clearly they've just got a guy in a, you know, green screen suit or whatever, and then they edited him out, but it's so well done. Still um, yeah, it's fucking brilliant. That yeah, that's awesome. Also, I've said it last year, I'll say it again. Elizabeth Moss for Harley Quinn. Okay. I think they should do the sequel to Joker with Whacking Phoenix. It should be a, like a bottle episode style movie where all it is is a series of conversations between Dr. Harley and Queen Zell, played by Elizabeth Moss and Whacking Phoenix, and he slowly turns her insane and then she helps him escape at the end of the movie. Yeah. It should, and That's, it should just be taped, date, yeah. date cards, taped yeah. conversations over a period of time. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's all it is. It's just. I don't like, know why series. Hollywood hasn't picked us up yet. I know. We'd, we'd, I'd, I'd, in fact, I've got fuck all else to do. I'll write it. I'll write it. You write me. it. We'll read it out. Yeah. I'll be. Um, I'll be Harley Quinn, and you can be Joker. Yeah. No, don't, he's not Joker. Don't forget, he's Arthur Fleck. Arthur Fleck. I'll be that guy. Arthur. Anyway, Fleck. we digress. So we'll be back hopefully soon. Um, oh, that's my phone ringing. We'll be back hopefully soon, Brilliant. and we will. Hey, um, and so, yeah, and we up. will talk about one of the other movies we just mentioned, probably Sonic or something like that. Um, and we'll yeah. keep this going, hopefully. So yeah, yeah we'll um, continue we'll long live the lockdown special. Yeah, absolutely. Quarantine special, whatever. Quarantine it. special. Sure. Yeah, we'll run out of time. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. See you next week, guys. Nice, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. back with doing this thing, thing we, it's been such a long time since we've done this i don't know what's going on anymore i don't know how to podcast year, anymore what year is this no one knows <laughs>